0: Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Spolsky. Today on the show, we're going to discuss ghost hoaxes, fugues, and capsule wardrobes. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24-7 customer support. Try Squarespace at squarespace.com and enter offer code JOSHUA at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Tomorrow is also sponsored by Need. Need is a refined retailer and lifestyle publication for men. Each month, Need sources and curates a selection of exclusive products from brands around the world. They're presented in a monthly editorial, a lot like what you'd expect to find in a typical men's magazine, allowing you to find the best products without any need for copious shopping or research, which, of course, can be very time-consuming. Need just launched Volume Two Point Five, featuring items from the likes of Nudie, Bell & Oak, Martial Artists, Serial, Nizzolo, and more. The new collection is available at NeedEdition.com. They've also got their spring forward campaign running for a few more days. Small micro collections to help you transition into spring at slash essentials Discounts are up to 50% off. Tomorrow listeners who use the promo code promo code. That's right, promo code during checkout will receive 20% off their order. I have an amazing guest with me today, a wonderful guest, a fantastic guest, uh, a, a human uh, named Shani Hilton.
1: Hi, Josh.
0: Oh, that's my, that's good. We did that before. The first time we did it, I, I don't think I appropriately prompted Shani to say hello, and then I was like, say hello. I sounded like a jerk.
1: I'm a podcast um, newbie. So Shani
0: is – so Shani is the – let me tell you about Shani. Shawnee is the executive editor of BuzzFeed News. Do you say of BuzzFeed News or for BuzzFeed News?
1: For BuzzFeed News. Interesting. Not of. Well, there's two of us. There's Dori Shafrier who's the executive editor right. for Culture for uh, BuzzFeed news.
0: Well, that's different. That's a different role. Yeah. You're sort of overseeing all of the news. The,
1: the hard news operation. Shouldn't you have
0: a modifier then, like executive editor hard news?
1: Um, that just seems very complicated. Let me make a recommendation.
0: <laughs> New title. Executive editor, comma, hard news. I'm
1: going to take that under advisement.
0: Okay. So anyhow, um, Shani is responsible for the, the real news that you see on BuzzFeed. What is that? Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, like, there's a lot of stuff on BuzzFeed that isn't real news.
1: It means not news at all. It's not even trying to be news. It's entertainment. That's like saying, okay. you know, sorry. somebody's like the editor of Wow of Big Brother just on right, CBS. Just getting
0: right into. It. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: on BuzzFeed, there's
0: okay. On BuzzFeed, there's there's funny stuff and cute stuff and weird stuff, and then there's news and there's a lot of other stuff. But there's, there's news. Yeah, there's okay. a lot of stuff. Not th- okay. There's not fake news. Not like the Onion
1: no it's it's just like i'm not saying
0: i'm not asking i know that it's not like it's not the onion anyhow shawnee and i uh we know each other i mean through various people but um you're you're friends with my wife laura i am and lots of other people that i know i am and uh, i
1: work with your your sister-in-law
0: you work with my sister-in-law katie Natopoulos, um who is an internet personality also has a podcast a buzzfeed podcast called internet oh no what's happened
1: Johnny, just sit back. You are kind of relaxing, and I'm going to come to you. Is that more what you want to do? Um, sure. Now, don't you? Do now, I... you
0: now you'll be very self conscious about your relaxing.
1: I, I now I'm concerned that I was coming off very tense. Pull your chair forward just two inches.
0: I want to read you. I that was whole, trying to fight the I feel. I we like, <laughs> like, like immediately got off to me I'm like being, accusing I'm doing you a, of something. I'm
1: taking him off his feet so you can come in with a right look
0: right here. <laughs> I mean, I think real news could be interpreted in a bunch of different ways. Like what? the hard hitting news.
1: All news is fabric.
0: The real stuff. Wow. Okay. Should got Paula a microphone? Life
1: is an illusion.
0: <laughs> not, just, not just news. Life in general. Um, where do we leave off? I don't even know what we were talking about. We
1: were talking about how we know each other.
0: Oh yes, you are. Uh, that's right. We know each other through a bunch of friends, and and my my sister in law, Katie Netaopoulos, as you just said. Uh. Anyhow, I thought you'd be really fun to have on this podcast because we basically do many of the same things you're actually there aren't that many people i think that i could talk to who i feel like really understand my job who do the same job because it's a bunch of different things and it's on the internet and it's news and anyhow i'm not saying that i'm saying your job is probably more fun and cool okay
1: (laughs) it's fun doing
0: the real news at buzzfeed <laughs> um, but anyhow, but we have similar jobs. And so I thought it'd be fun to talk. And we don't have to talk about the news, real or otherwise, but we can.
1: We can, I love the First, news. First,
0: let's talk about your history. Because oh. Magnus, my producer, printed out a bio, which, you know, it's weird because we've known each other and we've talked, you know, and I, I would never think that I'd be checking out a bio of yours, um, but I'm looking at it now. And uh, very impressive, very impressive resume. This is taken off of LinkedIn. <clears throat> Which I
1: haven't updated in <laughs> yeah. some time.
0: You were the NBC4 morning editor from February 2013 to October 2013. Yeah. What does that entail?
1: Um, I got to work at 5 a.m.
0: This was in D.C.
1: This was in Washington, D.C., yeah. um, WRC-TV, Channel 4. And I would go to work at – I would arrive at work at 5 a.m. and put things on our website to do with the news. Mm-hmm. Um, the real news. the real local news the things that people care about like you know is there traffic um oh and what was up with the police cars down the street last night yeah that's fun murders traffic um i worked with a bunch of really like delightful morning news people who drank lots of coffee and had lots of energy oh yeah um are you a morning person i am now that job actually turned me into a morning person really yeah
0: what time do you wake up now 6.30. Six thirty. What time do you go to sleep? Mm, ten, eleven. Consistently? Yes. Yeah, I have a problem with that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't I can't seem to get myself out of my sleeping habits.
1: What are your sleeping habits?
0: Well, for a very long time I would stay up very, very late till like three or four or five in the morning, and then I would go to bed and I would sleep until like noon
1: mm-hmm.
0: or one in the afternoon. Now, this is in my formative this is in my dj and producer years
1: oh really
0: (laughs) yeah which i know you want to talk about (laughs) i I think you want to talk about but um but no but but then you know i got and then i got real jobs and a lot well news jobs which are morning jobs it turns out and i've been trying to break myself of that um habit ever since so that's been like nearly a decade of trying to not sleep like that so now i go to bed i'll go to bed at 12 you know i'll go to bed at 12 or 1 and get up sometimes i mean today i got up at six
1: right you know. Well, I was gonna say, how did a baby affect that? But your baby, like, remarkably sleeps. She sleeps the most consistent she, hours.
0: She was probably the most helpful thing in the world to getting my sleep schedule better because there's no. I mean, first off, you're exhausted. I mean, I wasn't as as, as exhausted as Laura was, but I was also exhausted, and um, there's no. You don't have a choice. Like, the baby's going to get up, and Zelda is a remarkable sleeper, and I don't want to. I mean, I don't believe in jinxes, so I don't have to worry about that. But she's a remarkable sleeper, and she. uh Goes to bed at like 7.30 or 8 o'clock and will sleep till 7.30 or 8 o'clock just straight through. And it's amazing. Amazing. I was talking about this. Maybe I – I don't think I talked about this in the podcast yet. But I was talking about this the other day with somebody, maybe with Laura. And I was just saying uh, it's so incredible to think about Zelda's physical situation because – You're she, talking about this with me. Oh, we did talk about this. We had this, lunch
1: and we talked about it. But this. I've been thinking
0: a lot about it, which is she's never eaten – she's never had meat She's never eaten anything that isn't like pure and natural and just right. like, you know, handmade by, you know, her, fa- her parents, you know, her mother, really. Uh, she
1: does know, like she, seltzer, though. She,
0: sleep, she loves seltzer. That's <laughs> na- basically natural. She does love <laughs> seltzer. You know, she sleeps 12 hours a night. She's just like, she just must be so, she's so healthy. Right. And, and I was just saying like, imagine if you lived like that your entire life. It must be amazing for people who do that.
1: You probably feel really good. All you feel the time. amazing,
0: but you don't You but you never know what it's like to be completely shit faced drunk, which right. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, I don't. I can't go back. But right, it's, it's that kind of thing that makes me wish I had.
1: Is game. there like maybe if you like for seven years ate like Zelda, your body would reset to to its earlier state?
0: We know the human body has amazing restorative abilities yeah i don't know if it would go straight back but um so anyhow but you were in dc you were doing news you were at your before right before uh buzzfeed you were at wait i was an nbc well that's it you went from nbc to buzzfeed i did yeah so you moved to new york
1: i didn't you've to new never york. lived here before i've never lived in new york i lived outside of new york for four years um in new jersey central new jersey it's not really outside of New York, but um, I would take NJT into, into the city. So you've been to New York. have <laughs> been to New, been York, to New York multiple times. We
0: should go back <laughs> and talk about what that, that real news comment because it's haunting me. Oh, so let me just be clear. So BuzzFeed <laughs> does a lot of different stuff. They have, they have uh, cool advertisements. They have this whole video thing they're doing, which is just like hundreds of videos. It seems like hundreds of videos. I don't know, like every day. Um, there's fun stuff which is created by people who work for BuzzFeed. Yes. But it's like a quiz or a list or like an art, you know, it's like somebody loses their phone and then they become a celebrity in China,
1: mm-hmm.
0: not news exactly.
1: Or it's like how to organize your closet. Yeah.
0: Right. Servicey stuff, mm-hmm. which could be, I mean, which veers into the it's
1: service journalism Yeah,
0: veers into the world of news, but isn't news news,
1: mm-hmm.
0: real news as I, as I refer to it. <laughs> and, uh, but you are responsible for the, for the hard news, for the stuff that is, like the the, the 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 usually the bad stuff, um, you know, the crazy stuff, yeah, the stuff often that's, the
1: bad stuff, the stuff
0: that can be upsetting,
1: the stuff that's um confusing, stuff that we are trying to illuminate.
0: Like all the stuff going on in Baltimore, you guys are covering that, yeah, and that's like <clears throat> your you are owning that coverage. That's you got to figure out how to cover that stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, what I have really great um, section editors who, so for example, for Baltimore, um, our breaking news editors, uh, Lisa Tazi and Tom oh. Namiko. Um, Did you just hit the I'm microphone sorry. with your pen. I'm filling with a pen. That's okay. Ner- Do whatever you Nervous. want. It's
0: listen. This, this is a safe space <laughs> where where you could just be yourself.
1: Okay. Oh wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. And so you know, the breaking news team—they're covering it from New York. We we sent down three reporters. Um. Two are still there. The national editor Adam Serwer is also kind of coordinating that coverage. I'm looking at it more from the level of are we like hitting our marks in terms of you know being comprehensive are we breaking news are we i mean like yesterday we broke the news that that hundreds of people have been held for longer than they should have by the police without being charged right so it's like that kind of thing it's
0: it's news it's news right so this is the thing so you guys actually do a lot of really great news this is the okay i'm gonna just get into the most perplexing thing it's not perplexing i get it maybe i'm old and i think this is the problem i'm an old person uh or i'm getting older but I was looking at BuzzFeed the homepage on BuzzFeed, mm-hmm. uh, BuzzFeed dot com. Yes, how you get to the, the internet
1: website. I mean, most people
0: don't ever see that page. It's not right. I mean, what percentage of your traffic actually goes to the front page?
1: I don't know, you but don't it's know. not a lot. It's not a
0: lot. It's right? not.
1: It's it's not a significant amount.
0: As they say, the homepage is dead.
1: Although it does drive, I would say it doesn't matter what goes on the homepage. It does drive traffic to posts. It so, just isn't. Primary. So the homepage
0: is like really. It's really quite confusing to me. I mean, I know what it's doing, but it's also. You've got hard-hitting, serious, sometimes very upsetting news. Mm-hmm. And then you've got – I think today some of the stories were which Game of Thrones – it's like which Game of Thrones characters Zodiac are you or something mm-hmm. like that. And mm-hmm. then there was a there was another one that was like the top story, which was like a video about like boob – like h- how to like do – Oh, boob
1: hacks! Boob hacks, Mm -hmm.
0: right? Mm -hmm. But then, like in the midst of it, there are stories about Baltimore and and politics and like sexual assault and like all the stuff that's like you know real stuff. So anyhow, does it is it hard? It seems hard, like for you to be in the midst of it. Is it difficult to try to? I mean, to I don't know to balance that stuff. Or I mean, you don't edit the homepage. You're not responsible for like you're not.
1: Well, you know, people on my team are right um you know it, that's a good question. I mean, I think partly because I'm so deep in it, I don't notice anymore the the what people consider kind of weird juxtapositions <laughs> right to me, it's totally normal to right. have. well, maybe it
0: is totally normal maybe that's yeah, the like way it,
1: dogs who hate baths next to yeah. you know the Nepal earthquake, but you yeah. know it is it is something that we were thinking about wow,
0: that's a really good example <laughs> that's a good example of the extremely high the extremely low <laughs> like like lives lost in a horrible yeah. You know, tragedy, a tragic uh, world event and yeah. then dogs who don't like to be bathed yeah. on the other hand, which is it's hard, which is not, I wouldn't say it's a tragic world event.
1: No, no, it's not. But it's it is something that's heartwarming that people like to <laughs> yeah. to, to look at, which you know, it's tough. Yeah, I, I don't have like, it, you, I don't have a good answer for this, but it's something that we've been thinking about I mean, we do focus groups, we do look at how people respond to our homepage and right. And we are in the process of kind of redesigning i've been I've been a part of this sort of BuzzFeed news branding project for the last six months or so where we are slowly rolling out different um different design choices and and really trying to like make it clear that what when people are seeing reporting original reporting from us that's what they're seeing. Yeah. Um, I mean but the home,
0: do you think the homepage I mean everybody says the homepage is dead and I was sort of joking about it. No,
1: the homepage matters and the homepage is actually going to, you know, it's going to change.
0: Right. So. That's my that's my theory on it is that it's not that it's dead it's just transforming and we don't know what the end result of the transformation looks like yet. Yeah. So everybody's like screw the homepage. It's like when I people were like email is dead but it's not right. actually and it drives a lot of like
1: Our homepage driving. is like actually really kind of old school looking compared to a lot of news sites um which tend to have much much fewer stories mm. with much bigger pictures, mm-hmm. um, and we have a lot of stuff.
0: Like the New Atlantic design is right. All huge oh my pictures. god,
1: it's huge. We
0: have huge pictures too on Bloomberg, and I think we're gonna we're gonna probably make more room for headlines and make some of the pictures a little bit smaller.
1: Okay. Because I think
0: we might have gone overboard with this picture size. I felt that way
1: about the Atlantic when I was looking at it yesterday. And was the like, Atlantic where, is really where extreme. are the
0: words? Yeah, it's like just a huge picture, and then down in the corner, and you're like, like, oh, there's words six, down there. Six point. First, I thought I
1: hadn't loaded fully. I thought I was waiting for the words to show up.
0: That's not a good sign.
1: I'm not knocking the Atlantic. Atlantic.
0: No, the Atlantic's amazing, but you know, you want to you want to make sure people know that there's a headline or whatever. Yeah, I think. What do I know? This is some inside baseball stuff. This is two journalists talking about things that nobody else thinks about.
1: Um, I think it's fascinating.
0: I think it's fascinating too, but do you realize? I mean, you do realize that there's a very small. This is like on Twitter. I feel like this happens all the time. <laughs> on Twitter, people are really riled up about something. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about BuzzFeed controversy in a second because this is a really good segue. But people get really riled up. Journalists are like, mm-hmm. how dare you know, Brian Williams, like this Brian Williams has got to go. I mean, admittedly, you know, he did lie about stuff, but.
1: I I actually wasn't riled up about that at all.
0: No, but I'm just saying, I think that it looks like everybody's mad because I follow a lot of journalists. You you presumably follow a lot of journalists. I do. And journalists are very very outspoken. Yes. What they do is communicate with the world about Mm -hmm. things of import in Mm -hmm. their minds. Anyhow, I just feel like there's this whole thing where people just get really bent out of shape about stuff that doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter to the rest of the world. And if you went out on the street and you asked a thousand people, like, "How do you feel about this Brian Williams scandal?" they'd be like, "Who's Brian Williams and what's a scandal?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. I hear you. So you had, but you guys had a scandal recently. I'm I'm delving into this. Yeah,
1: okay, go ahead. Do.
0: So, and I don't want to go into the whole thing about describing it because, frankly, I'm not sure I even understand the scandal because I'm 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 so busy like. I don't think I have the whole story, but the gist of it seemed to be uh, uh, a post was deleted. There was a post about Dove that was deleted. Mm -hmm. It was a critical, sort of a personal essay, sort of an editorial about Dove. Am I getting this right so far? Yeah,
1: about a campaign that they had done. About about
0: an ad campaign they'd done. Mm -hmm. And it was removed. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then... The
1: content of the post was removed.
0: The content of the post was removed. The post... Sh- the shell, the container, the URL of the post existed, Yes, but everything that was inside of it was it everything? I believe so. was taken out, yeah unceremoniously, yeah, by a person, yeah, what person
1: uh Ben Smith, Ben Smith,
0: the editor in chief yeah, who, as I understand, it, is a lovely man he is um anyhow, but so then there was a big controversy about why was this done? you know, is, is BuzzFeed protecting a brand or whatever now, but but Dove was not actually an advertiser
1: um no not at to my the, knowledge at the
0: time right i'm sorry i feel like you're on like the witness stand you're like not to my knowledge i can't answer that anyhow so it started this huge controversy and then you guys did like an internal audit to see if we anything did. else I mean, had we, been deleted we
1: did replace we reinstated the post um the day after it was deleted um because it shouldn't have been deleted which ben rightfully cupped to and admitted um, because right. it was in, it was not, um, in accordance with the ethics and standards that we've kind of published a few months ago,
0: which is don't delete the content of a post
1: unless, well, unless they're very special circumstances, such as it's like a hoax <clears throat> that's being, what are
0: other circumstances?
1: I think that is the only circumstance basically. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like, unless like keeping the information in the post would be harmful in some way to the reader. Right. And that, so that post did not merit. That's
0: interesting. Yeah. Like, um, there's ghosts invading New York City. Get out now while you can. And yeah. it turns out, like, oh, that didn't happen. There weren't ghosts. So right. you would delete the content of that post.
1: Well, you might say... You might actually. I would actually prefer Correction. to like put an update at the top right. saying there are no ghosts in New York City. Update.
0: It turns out the reports of ghosts invading New York City. Right. It was just somebody watching Ghostbusters. They turned it on. They right. thought it was the news. Right. So everything's fine. Yeah. Okay. My
1: preference is basically to leave everything up. That's
0: like. my preference too. Actually, <laughs> that's my preference too. And we've we've had you know there have been th- things recently and frankly in the past like when I was at the Verge and prior to that where you screw something up. And there is a natural instinct, I think, with people to – with journalists – well, maybe not with journalists, but there's a natural instinct on the internet to take down something that is wrong. Mm -hmm. Like basically you're like, oh, we got this wrong. We should pull it down. Right. Or this is misleading because it's wrong. So why should it exist? Like people are just going to find it and then they're going to go like this story doesn't make any sense. But what you learn very quickly, what I learned very quickly on the internet is that the best thing to do is to be as transparent as humanly possible and just go – get rid of the stuff that is bad or doesn't matter or cross it out. Literally, I mean, we used to cross out text and stories and say, yeah. nope, that's not a yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, that's like a
1: classic blogger thing.
0: Right, and then you'd have an update that said, update, we were totally wrong about that yeah. thing. Yeah, so
1: for me, that's how I, because I also used to blog, I that's how I used to, you know, you cross it out. But yeah, so, you know, my preference is to kind of leave. So yeah, so we did, right. a we ended up doing a review, which we also...
0: who who Who's involved in that? Like at BuzzFeed, if you have to do a review, of, internal review, is there... If BuzzFeed like a BuzzFeed SWAT team that comes in, <laughs> we are
1: we 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 <laughs> yeah, called in like our cops. Cops were with like huge lol <laughs> symbols. We called in their. our news managing editor Annie Rose Stresser, to to do mm-hmm. it, um, mm-hmm. and it was great because Annie Annie Rose is newish, so for her she was kind of like it was she was seeing BuzzFeed feed through kind of fresh eyes, right? <clears throat> and was, and we brought in a team of I want to say five kind of younger reporters, and they basically called up more than a hundred staffers just to. You know, find out what was going on. there. So
0: this was like an, a news team-driven effort.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> like it was very, really from the actual people who do the news. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, you found there were a couple of other deletions. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the controversy is this. I just want to be. I kind of want to put this out there for people who are listening and aren't journalists and don't have not followed this story. The controversy is BuzzFeed does a lot of stuff with brands and advertisers where it's a very close relationship. Sometimes you guys have, I think, a studio that will create content or people who will basically write content for those advertisers. You work closely with advertisers. You do content that kind of is BuzzFeed content, but is also advertiser content, mm-hmm. not news. No. But stuff that's fun.
1: Yeah. Usually it's, fun. It's, it's kind of in the similar vein to entertainment and, right. and service.
0: Right. They might be a quiz about, you know, which Scooby Doo character are you brought to you by the new Scooby Doo 3. Yeah. That has not been made, and but I would like to see it <laughs> uh, if they are going to make it. Um, so I think the fear is, correct me if I'm wrong, that that somehow this like advertiser sensibility, like sens- sensitivity rather, this advertiser sensitivity and relationship would bleed over into the real news, the real news
1: mm-hmm.
0: that you're doing. Mm hmm. Uh, and, it, and, and inform or affect how you do the news. Right. For instance, if somebody were to write something critical about Dove, right, and you took the story down because Dove was a sponsor, an advertiser, you'd worked with them, I had a relationship with them, or Unilever is that the company that owns Dove?
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: That you know that somehow taints would taint your uh, ability to do news right properly.
1: Yeah, I think that
0: the the based on what I read and what I and about again I didn't read everything. Yeah, I only have so many. There's only so many hours in the day. <laughs> That's not the case. I mean, you would not say that's the case.
1: No, it was not the case. Right. It was an advertiser pressure.
0: Right. I mean, because devil 's was not an advertiser. Correct. I mean, Unilever might have been an advertiser. No,
1: Unilever was, was not
0: an advertiser. an advertiser. No. I don't even know if those two businesses are related for the record. So anyhow, then there was a big thing, and now everybody's forgotten about it. Nobody talks about it anymore. Because just, just like everything on the internet, it's a huge deal for two days right. to 14 journalists. Right. And then it's over. Right. But does that make it tough for you to do your job? I mean, does that kind of stuff make it – does it – Does it? Um. oh, well, let's actually talk about that. <laughs> That's good. So my producer has just made a point in my headphones that nobody who's listening to this could hear, which is if it wasn't an ad – Sorry, if it wasn't pressure from advertisers, why was the post polled? Which I guess, yeah, we didn't actually cover. Why was it polled originally? Well,
1: I, as, as I was not the person who right. made the I'm decision not, to yeah. pull the post, um, I uh, there is some something that we're trying to figure out right now is where we stand on personal opinion. Um, and I think that was really the prompting issue.
0: Right. It was an opinion piece, essentially. Yeah. And the question is, do you guys do opinion pieces? Yeah, and or we, should you do? We
1: typically <clears throat> we do what we have. We have this first person section, which, which is called ideas, and it's very much "this happened to me." Mm. Um, and it occasionally veers into opinion, but not very often. Um,
0: I think that's actually, um, I think it's actually an interesting problem. I and mean, we have there's actually a kind of a line at Bloomberg where they have this thing called Bloomberg View, which Mm -hmm. is opinion, and then they've been very staunchly sort of anti-opinion in the rest of the organization. I'm coming to this fresh, you know, Mm -hmm. just sort of seeing how it's laid out. But there is, because when opinion looks like news, it is confusing to, because opinion isn't actually news, right? Like somebody's take on something. Yeah, I mean, it can be newsy, but it it can also be confusing to a reader. Yeah,
1: I mean, I see there's value in opinion. I, I mean, for example, you know, Adam Serwer, the national editor, wrote a piece about, why even though baltimore has majority black leadership it's still seeing some of the same issues that ferguson where blacks were completely shut out of government um the same issues that ferguson had in terms of rioting and people feeling dissatisfied and feeling disenfranchised um and isn't
0: that that analysis i mean isn't that but
1: you know his his perspective was that it doesn't matter how many black people you put into these power structures if the power structures are the problem Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. somebody could argue his opinion um yeah So we do go there sometimes. I mean, I think it's it's hard because Adam, for example, his his opinion on that is informed by, you know, years and years of reporting. And so, you know, for Ben and and I, we're both kind of old school, kind of classic hard news people. Um, And so there is a little bit of a tension and discomfort with opinion. But with that said, we're still figuring it out. I mean, there's plenty of
0: today before, like I was saying, I was reading the site, like sort of preparing as mm-hmm. you can see i'm extremely well prepared you are. having totally understood the the controversy <laughs> from beginning to end but you know i was just trying to you know because i think that i think buzzfeed does some really awesome journalism but i also feel i'm conflicted as a journalist who i'm conflicted in two ways actually one way i'm conflicted is buzzfeed's doing this like really hard serious journalism that feels out of sync with the other stuff buzzfeed does and i feel like
1: in what way is it out of sync
0: well, it just feels like there's two different there's um two different entities, mm-hmm. you know, right? There's like BuzzFeed that's fun and viral and weird and you know, it's it's um it's the it's the BuzzFeed I think you think of as the original BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. And then there's the news piece of it which is v- very serious.
1: Mm-hmm. Very
0: serious, and those two things just don't they just don't go together.
1: I mean, I think from my perspective, so I've been a BuzzFeed for um about two and a half years now and you know i think it's a matter of time then that's the thing that i keep coming back to now I mean, like, people aren't it's
0: like, people aren't used to this concoction in, yeah in i mean five we've years, been we've, be like... we've
1: been doing the news thing for three years right three and a half years that's it right um buzzfeed has existed for eight years so in another 10 years i mean at <laughs> we'll all be dead by then, but <laughs> yeah. If we're not,
0: now we'll be goners. <laughs> but if we're not, people will be like, "Yeah, that's just the news." No, I I agree. Yeah. But it, coming from the world of of like,
1: I just find it interesting. That people seem really fixated on this, but maybe it's because I'm really deep in the weeds.
0: Maybe I mean I think I'm fixated on it because it's 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 like getting two really different signals at the same time, you know, and it's difficult to. Um, I mean, I, it, I, it's confusing to me as a reader because I really what are like you
1: actually confused by. Though?
0: Well, I mean, I th- I like the fun stuff, but like it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like a good mix on the front page. Like I look at it and I'm like, this doesn't feel right to me. Like, I look at the front page and I think I want to see this stuff as its own thing. And I want to see this stuff as its own thing. But I don't want to see them together because like the boob hacks and the news about Baltimore feel like on opposite ends of the emotion spectrum. Mm-hmm. And so like when there are things on opposite ends of the emotion spectrum and frankly on opposite ends of the information spectrum doesn't work sometimes. Right, And so I think that's the thing that I feel most is that, and maybe it's because I do look at the homepage
1: yeah, I which mean, I think the majority of people an
0: old habit. who but, see
1: BuzzFeed content see it traveling kind of independently. Yeah, but even when
0: it travels, it's like BuzzFeed breaks like a really serious story about sexual assault. Mm-hmm. And then BuzzFeed has like 10 like boob hacks or whatever. It, <laughs> it does feel like, you know, like, okay, you do a story about sexual assault and then you do the toy story, um, like penis story. Yeah. Which is that story. But yeah. Is there, and for, by the way, if you don't know this, they did an amazing... <laughs> who did this? Who did the Christian post? Christian Zamora. Christian Zamora? Very
1: talented. Which
0: is... um. Can you explain it, actually? I, it's like, here's my explanation. It's like, it's a listicle. Can I say a listicle? It's a list. We
1: call them lists.
0: Sure. It's a list <laughs> of um, things about encounters with penises, basically sexual sexual encounters with the penis I think, things it, I think you, the title
1: is think, faces that any person who's had sex with a penis can recognize yes <laughs> recognize.
0: so it's about people who have sex with penises and then mm-hmm. all of the all of the faces all of like the pictures are stills from Toy Story movies yes which is you know on so many levels is amazing
1: it's really well done and also
0: awful but amazing <laughs> anyhow but the point is like you've got a story on like campus sexual assault then you've got like the anybody said sex with a penis Mm -hmm. this is the face you're going to make or whatever Mm -hmm. it's a toy Mm -hmm. story so i just think those are incongruous i mean do you disagree i'm not forcing you. i guess that's a loaded way to say that but (laughs) does that not seem
1: yeah i can see why you it's just
0: interesting because i don't ever i mean i don't get to talk to anybody i mean katie and i don't really talk about it yeah and i think about it i mean i don't think about that much because i don't think buzzfeed is like i need to be worried i don't need to I don't sit around and worry about bu- the BuzzFeed is has an incongruous homepage, but it <laughs> right, is something that a lot. Keep of, you on the <laughs> that's, that's why I've stayed up so <laughs> late. I, I'm just like, what? Can't they get the homepage straight? <laughs> um, no, but it's something that's interesting, and you work there, and you actually are doing like I think the work you're doing is really amazing, and a lot of it is like, wow, this is killer journalism, and there are great, you have great writers and editors and people. Yeah, that- I
1: mean, I guess I would worry more if it affected the work, the ability. For Of our journalists to do the work that they're doing, right, but it hasn't right. um people, well, people unless you
0: t- write it unless you write the dove post <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding <laughs> it's a joke, sort of, but not really, but it is no, I mean but oh, that that's like a fluke. Yeah. Right. It's not like an actual thing.
1: No, yeah. it's not something that happens. So I mean
0: it's it, it's that but that's I think that's the that's the fear. That's why people freak out about that. I think that's because it is because you have those incongruous things and then you've got like some weird and I think that's why people freak out. But you know what? People freak out about everything. I they guess do. I should. People freak out about everything on the internet. I mean literally I told me tweeted at me today. They thought the front page of Bloomberg was was clickbaity. And I'm like,
1: how did you feel about that? I was like,
0: I don't know. There's like a story about Ben Bernanke. And like, I mean, some, I, I was like your level of your, your, your idea about clickbait must be really yeah, weird, you know? Anyhow, and this at this very sensitive moment, I've been told by the producer that I have to do an ad. Should we finish off this? T- I feel like I've been completely on the attack here and i've upset you.
1: I'm not upset.
0: And i didn't want to do that cuz i really respect you and your work. Thanks. And and i and BuzzFeed.
1: I mean, i guess the thing that i will say um is that our reporters are able to pick up the phone and call people and get information and get answers. And if they couldn't do that because of the incongruousness, <laughs> incongruity, <laughs> incongruity, I'm an editor. Um, of I do our that web- all the time. Like,
0: how do you spell this? How do you spell and
1: of our we- of our website? Then I would be more concerned, right? But they don't right. have a problem getting the stories do and think, breaking news. So. Do you think
0: they'll ever just be two separate Buzzfeeds? Like, they'll be like Buzzfeed for fun and Buzzfeed for
1: I don't ser- know. That's serious, a good question. Hard hitting. When stuff. you get Jonah in here. I'll have him answer that question.
0: I feel like I feel like he would not answer that. <laughs> I mean, he might answer it. Okay, now I have to do an ad. Um, and you're not going to participate in this. No. Because, because that would be wrong. Yes. So, as you probably know, because you know me from the internet, I uh, am on the internet. Uh, but I'm not good at making things on the internet. This is an actual fact. I can't. Like, don't put put me anywhere near HTML because I won't know what to do with it. Uh, but there's this thing called Squarespace, uh, which solves the problem for many people like myself who suffer from a deficiency in understanding how to make websites. Squarespace allows you to make a website without having to know anything about website building. It's uh, simple. It's powerful. It's beautiful. They have 24-7 support via live chat and email, not telephone support. Don't call them. They will not answer it's don't bother. I don't even know there's not even a number so you can't call them but uh, it's only eight bucks a month and you get a free domain if you buy Squarespace for the year. Uh, they use responsive design for your website your website scales to any screen cover pages a feature that allows you to set up a beautiful one- page online presence in minutes. That's like I don't know what the scenario is with that one, but I think it's handy. It's like you're at it you're at a dinner party. And you say to somebody, you should check out my website, but you just made it up on the spot. You don't actually have a website. And then you just dash home and you just do a cover page and there it is. So you don't look like a huge liar. Uh, And it's great for photography sites and portfolios. Uh, You can start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code Joshua to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for our podcast. Well, it's my podcast. I mean, Magnus is involved, but... I guess it's our, I'll say our podcast. Is that okay? Um, Thanks Squarespace for your support of tomorrow. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Getting your mailing and shipping done can seem like a no win situation. Going to the post office takes up a lot of time. Uh, Leasing a postage meter, which I don't, didn't even know you could do. is expensive and you have to have multi-year commitments and there's hidden fees, which sounds awful. Uh, But there's a better way. Stamps.com. Stamps.com, you can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package right from your desk using your own computer and printer. You can even get special postage discounts that you can't find at the post office. And, you know, you don't have to go physically to the post office, which is a big plus because at least in New York, the post office is usually a nightmare. Plus, stamps.com is more powerful than a postage meter at just a fraction of the cost. You can save up to 80 percent compared to a postage meter. I'm not actually a, a person who mails things, you know. I haven't been uh, – if, if actually, my wife has, has uh, sort of made fun of me because she likes mailing things and I don't. Uh, this Stamps.com could be my gateway to mailing because I'm also very lazy. Not only do I not want to mail things, I'm too lazy to go to the post office to get stamps. So this could be the answer for me. I'm very excited about it. I've got a special offer going on right now if you use my name, Joshua. Uh, on their website, on Stamps.com. It's a no-risk trial, and there's a $110 bonus that includes a digital scale and up to $55 of free postage. So go to Stamps.com and click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Joshua. That's Stamps.com, and enter Joshua. Okay, we're back with Johnny Hilton. Hilton. And that's my accent. I think that's my Pittsburgh accent. Which, what did I say? Hilton.
1: What is a Pittsburgh accent?
0: It's like a. It's like a Yenzer accent. Uh huh. You don't know about the Pittsburgh accent? No,
1: I'm from California.
0: <laughs> well, that doesn't mean you can't know about the Pittsburgh accent. I think that specifically I the, means I can't I know about <laughs> the California accent. And I'm from Pittsburgh.
1: Well, so how do you explain let's that? Let's think
0: about that. No, let's not think about <laughs> it. Um, the Pittsburgh accent is just a very not good sounding accent and i don't think i have a lot of it but every once in a while like on certain words like color Mm -hmm. how did i say it you said it fine no i didn't color i said like k-e-l-e-r
1: that's what i just said
0: color not color which is how people i think how people normally say it anyhow so let's talk don't well that's the thing is the pittsburgh accent magnus just asked me how you say downtown the the pittsburgh accent you say downtown is like downtown. downtown downtown that's actually what it sounds like right Get out of here. That's the way it sounds. Please not do not use any of this on the podcast. I just want to have a nice conversation. So you just moved to Cobble Hill. I did. Tell me about your new apartment. Is it what kind of apartment is it? Describe it. Is it a one bedroom? Is it a studio?
1: It's like a fake one bedroom. What the
0: fake what is a fake one bedroom? Well,
1: there's there's like a French arch between the bedroom oh. and the rest of the apartment. Oh,
0: okay, I see. But there's not a door.
1: There's no door. You got to put a door there. I could put a door or maybe a curtain, but that seems a, like yeah, that You know you should cheesy. put as
0: like the beads.
1: I was thinking about the beads. Nobody has
0: beads. I don't even know where you'd get those beads anymore.
1: But I kind of like that it's open, so I don't know. <sighs> I'm nobody, excited. You yet.
0: know what? I'm sorry. You don't want to be talking about your apartment I don't. on this. So, yeah.
1: um, so here's what I want to talk about. <laughs> okay. So on my way, before I came in to this podcast, uh, I, I asked my dear friend, Katie Dottopoulos.
0: <laughs> my sister-in-law.
1: What I should, you know, talk to talk to you about. And, and she said, um, did you know that Josh didn't get into journalism until he was like 30 years old? And I said,
0: uh, Yeah, might have been a little bit younger, but yeah. fine, point taken.
1: <laughs> and I said, Yeah, I, I knew that he had like some previous life in music, uh, making music. And she said, Yeah, he had like a number one hit in the UK. This
0: is how rumors get started. It's not a number one hit. It was. In the top, it was in the top forty, it was twenty-nine. So, so you had a
1: number one hit okay. in the UK yeah. um called Pistol Whip, and yeah. I, I pulled it up on my my um my iPhone mm-hmm. and 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 it was pretty good. So it's it's nine minutes uh, oh, yeah, long. Yes.
0: It's nine minutes and thirty-two seconds, I think, <laughs> actually.
1: Um and I listened to it on my way here and I feel very amped. Yeah, it's, That's well, why I came in guns blazing. It's a
0: uh, it's a song I wrote in nineteen ninety Seven, I think, it was released in 98. Uh, it's a trance song with a an epic breakdown and build up in the middle of it. Yeah, it was pretty um, epic. And it sounds ridiculous now because trance music – I mean, no music sounds like that, but but like
1: – It's funny. That's when, when people started saying EDM all the time. Yeah. Uh, that's what I thought. Like Pistol Whip, that's what I thought they were talking about.
0: Right. Well, that's what it used to be.
1: Right. But it's not EDM that. stands
0: for electronic dance music. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Lest you confuse with other types of dance music. <laughs> is, is there any non-electronic right. electronic dance music that's no, made? No, I don't like, think wh- so. What would that be? Like swing? <laughs> swing. Like, I don't understand. I mean, like, like
1: waltzes?
0: Yeah, no, I'm saying.
1: I was listening to Bach today. Really? Yeah. I'm really into the cello.
0: Really? hmm Like just as an instrument?
1: Yeah, it's just got a good sound.
0: I put on the radio the other day and I heard the most beautiful piece of music. It was a fugue.
1: Ugh, a I ba- love fugue. It might have been a Bach. A Mozart?
0: Mozart, no. maybe I don't know.
1: I have a I have a a collection of fugues. Do you? That sound really um, funereal.
0: Performed by whom?
1: Um, I can't remember.
0: Is it the uh, Los Angeles Orchestra? No. Oh, okay. Because maybe we maybe we know have the, the same, same fugue. fugue. <laughs> yeah, fugues are um they're intense.
1: They are intense, um, but they make you feel things.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. I actually it'd be cool. I was thinking when I was driving, I was like, maybe I'll be a guy who gets into classical music, mm-hmm. and then I thought about what that would be like. Yeah. And it's not cool. It's not a cool thing to be into.
1: I was feeling that way. So yesterday I was listening. I I was listening to some classical because I was editing. Um, and I was looking for a really good version of Bolero yeah. by Ravel. Uh-huh. I sure. think that's how you pronounce it. Sure. You know, it's that song that's like 60 minutes long and it builds up and then... Don't, it, what, I'm not going to oh, I'm Are you going to sing Bolero? I, I'm not. No, please do. <laughs> because then I <laughs> sound ridiculous. Uh,
0: we'll just put a little bed of Bolero in here, <laughs> Magnus, because I think it's public domain. We'll just slide a bed of Bolero in here. should. This.
1: Um, and so I they're like not good versions of it because some are like too light and some are like too fast. Um,
0: so did you find one? And
1: I li- had to listen to like four versions to find the one that I liked. And it wasn't really the one that I liked, but it was close.
0: But do you have the one you like on your phone or something?
1: The one that I like, yeah, I have on I have on like Google Play Music or something.
0: Google Play Music. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember it. What kind of phone do you use?
1: I use an i. IP- IPod. iPhone.
0: <laughs> but you're using Google Play music? I don't really use it.
1: It's just that I once uploaded all of my music to Google Play and then my computer died. So yeah, that's also I,
0: old- I did the same thing. <laughs> I have my stuff everywhere. My stuff is like good in Google Play. I have it. It's iTunes Match. Yeah. I've got like pictures spread like strewn throughout the internet. I mean, when I die, it's going to be a mess. Yeah. Same. They're going to be like, all his stuff is, we got to go get all his stuff. I mean, I don't know who this is like a team of. This sounds like a internet. team. Of archivists. Mm -hmm. That's what I imagine would happen. They're like, we've got to get all the stuff for the museum.
1: That'll be the new service.
0: I'm going to ask you some random questions now. Okay. Okay. What is your favorite color?
1: My favorite color to look at is orange. My favorite color. (laughs) What
0: what else would you do with the color?
1: (laughs) My favorite color to wear is yellow.
0: But you also look at that.
1: It's not the same. You're not
0: wearing any yellow right now.
1: I'm in New York, and so I have to wear black all
0: the time. What's going on? <laughs> That's going rule. I do feel weird when I'm in when I'm walking around and I have any kind of color on whatsoever, and I just see everybody else and they look very yeah. sophisticated and they're all wearing black.
1: I I feel I, stupid. I've started wearing a lot of black because you know. I feel like I I'm not supposed to wear colors. But
0: I'm trying to wear. A, I want to wear an outfit, not like a Steve Jobs thing where I wear the same thing all the time. But I have a basic idea of what I want to wear all the time, and I'm trying to do that now.
1: What, which, like a, like a uniform,
0: kind of like a uniform. Okay. Because I'm, I'm tired of making decisions about clothing.
1: Right. So is it like a, is it a, is it a pattern or is it a type?
0: Well, it's a type. I think I have to ease into it. Basically, it's this: it's a pair of jeans. Mm -hmm. It's a pair of white sneakers. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is a shirt, uh, probably an Oxford, probably untucked, but could be tucked in. Mm -hmm. Um, I think at this point of varying shades of gray, or Solid, some other solid colors, maybe. I'm not really sure yet. Mm -hmm. I have quite a few of those, blue, various blues. You're
1: you're describing a capsule wardrobe.
0: Hold on a second, and then a, and then a overcoat Uh of a type of a gray overcoat.
1: What kind of gray?
0: Well, I could it could vary. Like for instance, I today I was wearing because it was a little bit chilly in the morning. I'm wearing a like a heather dark heather gray um wool overcoat mm-hmm. with the collar turned up because that's a cool way to wear overcoats. I think mm-hmm. if the collar's down you're just basically a huge loser. Um and I would not want to be caught with anybody thinking I'm a loser. No. So, anyhow, with the collar turned up, but I I would like a lighter a lighter overcoat for sort of the springtime. Mm-hmm. I don't have one. I've been looking for one. And that's it. That's the like whole Like a top coat. Top coat, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing. Uh Yeah. That's what so that's it
1: so you want to eliminate choice from your life I want to
0: eliminate choice because I am i uh i I don't need to make choices about my clothing anymore because it's like I'm just I just need to just not that needs to not be a thing that I spend time thinking about that's what I'm trying to do I'm working towards that
1: that's fair I'm similarly working toward that but i i'm I have trouble being limited by what specific. would your
0: what would your uniform be what would your capsule wardrobe be?
1: Well here's the thing I dabbled in the capsule wardrobe concept Oh, you did. I did. It's this thing where you have like – thirty, it's 27 or 33 or 37 items of clothing um, and that's all you're allowed to wear and keep in your closet. That's a lot.
0: That seems like a lot.
1: Well, some people do it including like undergarments oh. and jewelry and some people did just – you include
0: undergarments and jewelry?
1: No, that seemed too, too restrictive. Yeah. But then I started making a list of like the 37 items and I was like this isn't enough because I'm a working woman and I don't have time to do laundry all the time.
0: Yeah. But you can have duplicates. Well, no. Oh. You you can only have one. Oh, but that's like, this is like an eco thing. Now you're talking about some green Well, it
1: started feeling like it was like compulsive. Yeah, I don't, I think
0: that's ridiculous. I think 37 types make sense.
1: Yeah, no, this is like 30, like you have one graphic t-shirt and one white silk blouse and one pair of jeans. See, but that
0: to me is, that to me is, I get it. Like then you mix and match them and you're like, oh, I'll wear this top with this and then, but that to me is too much. That, yeah. that the problem is the mixing and matching. The problem is like how do I what do I pair this thing yeah. with? And then you've got 37 Yeah. well I mean how many out of 37 how many combinations would that be? I, mean, I don't
1: a, know, I'm not a mathematician. No, that's a
0: ton of combinations.
1: Well, so I went I, here's the thing, I went to Paris. I went to France for vacation for wonderful, my birthday. It wonderful was great. Town. Um and I Your
0: birthday which is March 9th
1: Yes, stalker.
0: He's exactly. like you just said it before. I'm not stalking you. You literally said it at half an hour ago. I did. Anyhow,
1: um, and I brought a one carry on bag for yeah, a cool. three week trip.
0: That's crazy and insane.
1: It was really challenging. It was like my attempt at doing a capsule. Why? Work.
0: Why of all the times and places to when you were you're like going to Paris? You for how many weeks?
1: Well, I went to London to work for a week, oh, okay. and then Paris, Paris for a week, and then the south of France for. You a have
0: week. offices in London. We do. Are they cool?
1: Um the office that we were in is not cool. It was like a um we're not in that office anymore. I don't huh. really want to talk about it. It was like a huh. conference room I, that I, where like I, seven people sit. I wasn't
0: trying to, you know <laughs> I wasn't trying to further
1: Um It's really you. it's really tra- <laughs> it was just really traumatizing.
0: We have a really cool London office which I've been to for the first time and it's like an insane, you know, three buildings put together, like yeah. completely out outrageous scale.
1: We don't have that.
0: No, I know, but yet. I'm just saying. Well no, I mean, you know, I'm impressed by it. Did as you well. find
1: in London that people Make tea for each other all the time.
0: It's non. It's just tea nonstop. Like just everybody's getting everybody else tea.
1: Like like people get up and they're like, "Does anybody want tea?" Yeah. And then they go and and four orders come in. And then they go and they they not only bring back tea, but they bring back different, like not types, but like no milk for you, no sugar for you.
0: You know what I did notice actually? Now that you mention it, what people were offering to get me hot beverages. Yes. Like more. Like nobody ever. The only person who offers to get me a hot beverage is my assistant. Nobody else offers to get me a hot beverage. But yeah. in London – That's all they do. People who I was just working with were like, I'm no, going to get it would be a hot like beverage. Do a, you want A one?
1: reporter would leave the room and be no. like, do you want tea? And so for the first three days, I was like, I'm not getting anybody tea. That's buying into the patriarchy. I'm not mm. bringing wow. men tea.
0: Wow. Um, and That's, then I Really? <laughs>
1: Then Is that I, what it's like for a woman now? It's hard.
0: Like you can't just bring somebody tea you no. because you've become part of the problem. It's
1: true. It's just like like being black and eating watermelon in front of white people. It's a trap. So <laughs> here's the thing. That does that does
0: seem like a problem though. I mean, it's like, <laughs> and then it, I bet like it creates such a feeling of tension for yeah, everybody, right? It's like
1: mentally taxing. No, let me tell you.
0: I I get it.
1: So anyway, by the third day, I was like, "Okay, the men also go get tea, God, so I will the world, go." Get the world is
0: so confusing. <laughs>
1: it's, it's really like, hard. That's like
0: unfair. I mean, it's unfair for everybody. Like nobody should think about anything about that. Nobody should have any uh, notion except I watermelon's know. delicious. Why wouldn't you eat
1: it? Well, I don't like watermelon. No, no, no is okay. the also, uh, the issue. But
0: I, okay, but I'm just saying, most people think watermelon's delicious, but it's such an insane thing that we have this yeah horrible problem now yeah. that like you can't even anxious. if you liked it, you can't enjoy it.
1: It's true. No
0: one, because no one will be happy. No. Everybody will be like, please stop eating that, because you, we're uncomfortable, you're, you're uncomfortable. Yeah. It sucks.
1: It sucks. It's it's amazing how racism is, like, really plagued us.
0: We gotta do something. We have to do something about racism. Actually, I want to talk about this really quickly. I know we're going over. I know we're way over, but I want to talk about this. Like, one of the things that I think is really impressive, and I think is is BuzzFeed has an amazing, like, really diverse staff. Like, and, and, and It's sounds, all right. It's not that bad. It's not stupid. I mean, but it's like honestly, I think it's a very but comparatively, and I'll speak personally, like I'll just say at Bloomberg, I would like a more diverse. I mean, I just got there, so I can't take responsibility for everybody who works <laughs> at Bloomberg. I mean, there are like 25,000 people at Bloomberg, right. so I just want to say I cannot take any responsibility for right. that. But, um, but it is, you know, because we are trying, it is like you, something you sit down and you go, like Well, you know what, Jesus, there's a lot of white people in this newsroom, you know. I
1: felt that way in almost every newsroom, yeah. Well, that's because that's because there's
0: a lot of white people in newsrooms, you know, and it was in and and it's something that, like, every day is, like, how do we change this? Like, how do we make this better? Because it's not – because actually in news, the more different opinions and ideas and, like, backgrounds and sensibilities you have, the better off you are. I mean, I found that in, in – in, in, at every turn – and we, I try to sort of have our group – I try to be really open mm-hmm. and just like everybody's talking and everybody's ideas are important and everybody should be listened to. And so like in that situation, it's always like, oh, you thought of this in a way that I never would have thought of it and that's great. But if you only have people from like basically one background or like yeah. two backgrounds, it, it's not that – I mean it's – you're limited, right? So yes. there are many great business reasons why you'd want a diverse newsroom, but also like it just is lame. I think it's just like, yeah, you basically look like a bunch of racists. If you don't have, you know, you're like, well, yeah, I don't know. Only white people applied for these jobs, you know? Yeah. Anyhow, but you guys are, I don't think you have that problem, or at least you're, you're moving away from that problem. Yeah. So it's what been, is the trick? <laughs> you want to <laughs> no, know, I don't know. No, I don't know. Like, actually, how do you, I, how do you, I mean, how do you, and what, it, what would you say to people who are having trouble building... <laughs> Well, building diverse newsrooms
1: um i i've been asked any any rooms for
0: that
1: matter that's i mean i think it's so i've written about this in the past um and i think the thing that people need to understand is it's not hard to diversify but it does take work which like those That's two vague. things are really vague. Statement. I know, I know. And I've outlined this in a very thoughtful medium post. Oh, what's um, it called? It's called building a diverse newsroom. Oh, I'll, come work. On. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll just read That's Fine. I'll just read that. You
1: know, <laughs> no, I just, what, I just mean that, you know, there's, there are the issues of networks and people just thinking not only about, um, about their own networks and, and, and expanding kind of the search, but also, but also thinking about, for me, a pipeline is a big issue. Um, so if you're hiring, a particular position, then you know, like the candidates for this, the pool for this is going to be very white and very male. Okay, fine. We know that.
0: That's like everything, right? Like
1: say you're (laughs) hiring, you know, a tech reporter or whatever. Although actually the tech reporters are very female these days. We've got a a good number of them. Um, but you know, say you're, you're, you're hiring and you know that this position is most likely the, the majority of the candidates are white and male. Then you start thinking about ways in which you can kind of open up the pipeline in other places um, and for us, that means we have a fellowship program. We have a fellowship in news. We have a fellowship, um, what we call buzz. Uh, and we think about ways to bring in really junior people and give them the, the, at least the opportunity to build that experience.
0: Right. That was something we did. I mean, we did, and they continue to do it um, at uh, Vox and the verge. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's, I mean, I think we're going to be doing some of that at, at Bloomberg. It's just, it's just, t- I mean, it's tough. I mean, it's actually tough to develop talent it's tough to get talent that exists. It's tough to develop talent. I actually think um, rigorous training is should be like a part of any newsroom. That people don't come in knowing everything. In fact, right. a lot of people come in knowing nothing. Right. And it's really easy. Like to me, doing news in many ways is kind of a math problem. Like there's certain questions you have to ask in a certain sequence. And there's yeah. certain ways you have to structure a story. And once you figure out some of those and you understand the systems. Yeah. It becomes really easy. Not easy to do news. But like with people with, with the right instincts and who can write.
1: Yeah it's not like,
0: it's not magic. Yeah. It's actually quite simple.
1: I mean, I think the other thing is young, young talent is a big part of it because, you know, at the kind of top tier, there's just a small number of journalists who are kind of bouncing around publications. Um, and then when you look at people of color or women, that's an even smaller pool. And I think instead of trying to go for the like one big black name, you know, or whatever the case may be, Uh or female or Asian, um, (laughs) a Latino. You got to get that one black person. <laughs> like the one, like <laughs> everybody can't hire ta Coates is what I'm saying. Uh, so like, <laughs> that was who I was going to get. <laughs> so instead, maybe you should pick? like hire you, like hire somebody young. I don't know. Um, But instead people are often giving shots to people who look like them. So, right. So right. think about who you're giving that's a chance
0: to. What is a song that changed your life? <laughs>
1: A, that song a, that, a song that changed my yeah, life. That's
0: something you heard and you're like, my life will never be the same after this.
1: Um, Does that
0: exist? Maybe not everybody has that. No,
1: I think, I think the song that, that changed my life that it was, would probably be um, Places in My Past by James Taylor.
0: I don't know that song. Well, I don't know any. I only you don't know, I any know James, almost Taylor. No James Taylor. I know
1: a lot of James Taylor. Do you really? I love James Taylor. You do? I do.
0: I'm not a fan.
1: But you don't know any James Taylor. So I've, what I've know? heard,
0: what I've heard, I don't think I'm into.
1: Well, it's no Pistol <laughs>
0: <laughs> You know, I wasn't saying that he's not as good as Joshua Ryan, <laughs> the artist that created the top forty the UK single, <laughs> the number one UK hit single, Pistol Whip. We can't all be, we can't all be the guy who made Pistol Whip. You know, James Taylor has done some stuff, I'm sure that's pretty good.
1: I don't know. It's just, it's I, I I'm. What a, is it called? places in my past
0: huh sounds like a downer is
1: it's it a downer? not it's see james taylor's secret is his songs sound like wow. downers but they are actually like huge uppers they're actually upbeat they're like actually songs about like affirmation of life hmm. i don't know
0: what is your favorite movie of all time
1: i don't have a favorite movie i don't like movies what they're too long. What? They're so short. They're too long. They're short
0: by comparison to what we uh, enjoy as popular uh, media now. No, unless you're thinking of YouTube, which, in which case, is much, much shorter.
1: I think the perfect you length.
0: Don't really, you don't have a favorite movie. I, uh,
1: here's, what I here's what happens when I go to the <laughs> movies. Here's what happens when I go to the movies. Extremely strange. At about forty-two minutes in, I keep. I start to wonder if there's more. There can't be more plot. <laughs> like there can't be more movies there's like like not more left is there that's I and maybe that's just because I watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy
0: oh that's right you're into Grey's Anatomy
1: (laughs) I like I think 42 minutes is the perfect length for a televised um...
0: we're way over 42 minutes on this aren't we
1: (laughs) (laughs) speaking of perfect lengths (laughs) yeah sorry
0: Uh, so you don't like movies but you do like Grey's Anatomy and you also like James Taylor it's a very it's a very strange picture you're painted
1: and cello (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you heard about this. I don't want to. I don't want to do a spoiler, but spoiler alert for those listening who are Grey's Anatomy fans: the character of Big Dreamy recently died on the show. He did. Yeah. He Were did. you a fan of Big Dreamy?
1: You know, I was discussing this with another friend of mine who's a who's a big fan, um, or was a big fan of Grey's, and watched it just to see Big Dreamy die because she hasn't watched it in a long time, and <laughs>
0: she always wanted to see. Him go. <laughs> she just wanted. She's she- like, she, she to couldn't see believe die. it,
1: so she had to watch it to, yeah. s- to make that it was true. I am a big fan of McDreamy through the eyes of Meredith.
0: I don't know who that is. That's
1: hurt his wife.
0: Oh, Meredith Grey. Merid- Merid- Meredith Grey um, of Grey's Anatomy. Oh, she's the Grey. She's the Grey. But oh, the Grey was a person. The
1: Grey is Meredith Grey. And so, I mean, I
0: know the Grey is a person, but now, so
1: for her, uh, for so for me, I've always wait, enjoyed do
0: they get into her anatomy on the show.
1: I mean, so <laughs> McDreamy for- <laughs> does, <laughs> but uh, bah. yeah. So for what me, we'll
0: put a- an actual rim shot in there in post. <laughs>
1: So for me, it was like watching her, her romance with him over the last 11 years right. was mostly interesting from watching through her perspective.
0: All right. Well, I think we need to wrap, unfortunately, because this has been the strangest, by far the strangest <laughs> podcast I've ever done. I'm sorry. We like, no, but I feel <laughs> – oh. Magnus, who's very talkative today, more so than he's ever been on any other <laughs> podcast that we've done, which is only three others, so – I don't know. Maybe we're just getting seen in a new phase. Uh, he asked about you were in a sorority. We were talking about this before. Uh, Alpha Kappa Alpha. Yes. Which is the first Greek lettered sorority established and incorporated by African American college women. Yes. That's what I'm just reading this off of your LinkedIn information. Oh. And you said black sororities are better than uh, white sororities. <laughs> Can you expand on that? <laughs> I'm sure it's true but I'd like to know why.
1: You know, what I the, <laughs> the affection that I have for black sororities is that they are like lifelong affiliations. So the it's to me it's great. So you know, you go on Facebook and you see you call, your sorority sisters, you call them your sorors. And you see you like what? soror. That's Greek. Oh. I think. And you see like a woman who's been a member of the sorority for 50 years. Yeah. And she's like doing a ceremony and they're celebrating her, you know, her membership. And she's been doing community service. And Isn't this
0: true of all sororities?
1: No, I don't think. Really? Most sororities outside of the black Greek letter system don't do um, like lifelong chapters. Like you're in a chapter your entire adult life generally. So are you, you drop- still
0: are you still active with your sorority? Sisters I have, sorority I'm events? not
1: active because I um, work too much. Home. but
0: <laughs> you but you would be active but it's your, the thing that i limit your job actually. wasn't your yeah. entire yeah. life yeah yeah
1: and i'm sure after this i'm gonna get an email from so, some sorority and sisters I'm going to saying, like i
0: doubt i listen i join, be honest during the, with the you,
1: chapter i'm, I'm gonna go you don't have and, a, a large black greek <laughs> female you know, i'm going to <laughs> guess <laughs> like
0: i'm going to guess like first off i mean at this moment i don't know that there's a large female listenership <laughs> of the podcast I think black females would be an even smaller percentage.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
0: And those who have been in a sorority are probably like it's a very I mean honestly if you're a black woman who's been in this sorority or is in a sorority and listens to this podcast please contact me cuz I just <laughs> want to find out what's going on with you like I want to know like how you ended up listening to this. Yeah. That would be an interesting story, I'm sure.
1: I think it'd be great. I don't
0: know, but now but now that you've been on mm-hmm. and you're a you're a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha.
1: Mhm.
0: Who knows what's going to happen?
1: It, it's I a whole new a huge, world.
0: Huge, it's
1: a whole new world. Huge
0: new listenership, um, and I think that's a great place to leave it. Magnus, did you get the <laughs> answers you wanted to know about black sororities? Are,
1: just, you, are you happy now, Magnus? Yeah, are
0: you happy? I feel like
1: you've been interviewing behind the scenes. It's true. He's been. Be-
0: oh, oh, oh! oh <laughs> Magnus has been drinking. That's why the, he's so talkative. I haven't even had
1: a chance to finish my. And I finished today.
0: mine, and I've been frankly thirsty ever since, Paul. No, I mean. No big deal. Um anyhow, we should wrap up. Uh yeah. Shawnee, thank you for doing this and I would, I would love for you to come back. Uh I am a big fan of you and your business.
1: Thank you. Uh
0: I per, have a per you know a familial uh obviously investment in the business. Mm-hmm. I mean I, I want mm-hmm. things I want things to go well. As do I. Uh and I think <laughs> they're going pretty well.
1: Josh, this has been great. You and I Oh come on. Um I, lo- I love talking to you. I,
0: you're being sarcastic now. No. I think you are. Not at all. I love talking to you. I wish we did it more often. Maybe well- maybe you'll be a regular on the podcast. <laughs>
1: Get Anything's you in here with possible.
0: get you in here with Katie, yeah, or some other people, maybe, maybe some sorority sisters.
1: Maybe Katie and I can interview some of my sorority sisters. Oh,
0: that should just be one episode <laughs> where I don't appear at all, and it's you and Katie and interviewing. Magnus. Yeah, Magnus will be there, and you guys interviewing your sorority sisters. Anyhow, um, thank you, okay, thank you for joining me. Uh, and that's uh, tomorrow for this week. I'll be back next week. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best despite the hardships that await you down the road.